Hi everyone, welcome to the Lawcast. Melanie Thorley here again, and this is Christy, Christy Santana sitting in. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a brand new case that came yes. out. Uh, Chris and I have just had a brief conversation about whether it fits into the Chris, Chris's commission crazies. Uh, and I'm thinking that maybe it does, but we'll uh, have a bit of a chat about this, shall we? Yeah, sure. Why don't you hit us off with, with firstly the facts of what, what happened? Yes, so we'll I really like this. So, so, so what happened? <laughs> so, so <laughs> the case is really long for a start, so we need mm. to make sure that everybody understands that um, for a decision from the Commission, it's like twice as long as any yeah. other case out there. And the commissioner um, said specifically in the case that he was going to go over and over and over and over and over. Mm. Um, and he does just that. Um, I assume it's a he, actually. I'm, I'm saying you're, you're, you're generalizing, but um, I'm generalizing. Uh, but you're right. The, the case almost replicates a lot of the evidence um, and explores it on a really, really deep level. <laughs> yeah. So, so look, at a high level, what happened was this Qantas trainer was training a bunch of people and it looks like they were training approximately um, five people in the morning and eight people in the afternoon. Yes. And at some point in the middle of the morning session, the trainer was trying to demonstrate how to see if someone was under distress. Um, and it goes into some medical evidence about what that might look like. And it's all about uh, oxygen, I think, from from the case memory. So this is all this is all training for I take it flight crew to deal with different situations that can happen on a plane. Uh, like, for yeah. example, someone choking or they're having a heart attack or they're having a mental breakdown or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through the case. So jump in when you want to say something, Chris. But I just think this is really um, interesting. So first of all, um, not everybody who was present at these training sessions were interviewed, and I think that is weird. And I'm not sure why. It could be because they were no longer employees. I don't know. That doesn't really go into why the why. And uh, none of the participants of the um, of this training session gave evidence. Right. They right. weren't there. Right. They just they just didn't give evidence. And uh, the only person that gave evidence was the complainant. And then and they uh, have purposefully kept the complainant's name out of this. Um, they said it was somebody's been there since the 90s or in some type of management position. They attended this training session and that is all they're going to do to identify this complainant. I'm going to assume that everybody who was at the training session knew who this person was because one of the things they say is uh, that she wasn't wearing a uniform. And uh, <laughs> she was the only one there not wearing Qantas uniform. So. I'm going to just go back to the fact that none of the participants of this course were actually interviewed. And at one point, the council said the commission knows exactly what those witnesses would have said if they'd been called. That's a brave statement. <laughs> the commissioner just goes nuts. <laughs> I think I think that's going a little bit further than saying that given that they were not called, there's a presumption that their evidence would have been uh, against the interests of 
of Qantas. I think that's <laughs> one way of saying it, but uh, sure. Well, they, they, they talk about um, they talk about that a little bit. Is that the commissioner, this, this is where I think it gets into the commission crazies. Not that the commissioner is crazy, but the, the way the commissioner had to deal with all this is rather mm. entertaining. He says none of the participants personally gave evidence in the hearing commission to the extent that repeated references were made in the proceeding to the participants investigation statements. Neither the participants investigation statements nor the parties submissions concerning those statements assisted me particularly. If at all in the resolution of the contested versions and characteristics of the events given directly by the applicant and the complainant in their own evidence. And then he says, I reject the respondent's submission that I would know what the participant's evidence would have been, let alone exactly had any or all of them given evidence. Assuredly, I do not know what have, would have been elicited by the scrutiny of cross-examination had evidence in fact been in the proceedings to any of the participants. He just goes on and on. In many ways, such as some imponderables, for example, such as how the participant seated in the third row behind a complainant may have seen the face mask wearing complainant blush at the time the applicant was looking at the complainant's chest. The participants' versions of the investigation were characterised, for example, some significantly inconsistent or incompatible recollections. So he's just, what the commissioner did is he just said, uh, dude, you can't say that because there's a whole pile of stuff going on here that we just can't we can't find out about. Well, exactly. The, by them not being called, uh, not only are the commission not able to explore in more depth certain points that may have been left out in there. I take it these are statements to the investigator or some interview notes or, you know, things like that. That's right. Um, so, so only four out of five of the morning um, participants were interviewed in the, and then only two out of the afternoon ones were interviewed. Yeah. So the interviewer made notes and then reduced those notes into a statement. And that's what was submitted from what I understand. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. So we've got this, we've got this situation where some guy has been terminated. He's running an unfair dismissal and they don't think to put these people on the stand? I think, yeah, well, look, I think you're asking for, for trouble because one of the things as well is uh, there's a very big difference between giving evidence or giving your statement, if you want to call it that, mm. in the context of a workplace investigation as opposed to in cross-examination before a commission where, you know, there is every chance that evidence changes um and you know in, in the the broad light of day um and you can also explore in in far more depth than i suspect happens in many investigations for example um you know you were sitting in the the fourth row there was three people in front of you she was facing the other way how could you know that she was blushing you know things it's like that that's right, and and the investigator may not have had the foresight to ask that question or didn't need to um, based on the yeah. investigation stuff. All they wanted was that person's account. So the commissioner, this case unravels, uh, you know, and it's 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 a lot of paragraphs long. So you know, sort of after the commissioner is a little bit uh, 
wary of accepting the evidence of these participants in their in their notation only he go they go on to talk about what the, what the actual complainant was wearing and this cracks me up because i mean obviously it makes sense because this is we're talking about someone who's staring at somebody's chest but it says well, well we'll take it back as to what actually what actually happened on the, at these training sessions what what was the allegations right the allegation was that this trainer what was stared into the, some female's eyes for up to 10 seconds and then stared at her chest for up to 10 seconds and it made her feel uncomfortable and she said something like um you know can i go now or, yeah i think it was can we can can i move on can we move on can we move on yeah and uh and it came up that it was apparently important what she was wearing and since the complainant was wearing glasses as well as a face mask and unlike all other uniform participants the complainant was not wearing a Qantas uniform the complainant said in her written reply that she was not informed of the number of training participants when the applicant was not present but she was not in uniform um, because it, she could not fit into her uniform I'm not even sure how that's relevant, but it's in there. Um, on the upper part of her body, the complainant was wearing a T-shirt, with which I gather from the evidence um, had some form of scooped neckline, <laughs> which meant the complainant's skin on the part of her upper thorax and upper chest area was visible from the neckline of the T-shirt. I just, I, I just think it's um, I, I mean. Not often in these commission de decisions do we hear such detail of of, <laughs> and of, of this type of nature. Um, but nevertheless, they thought that that was relevant as to because I suppose the, the in the applicant's defence, uh, I know that they were claiming that one, they weren't staring, but they certainly appeared to agree that they were at least looking at her upper torso. But in the context of, um, I believe it was trying to tell whether someone was dilating, you know, their chest was, whether yeah, they were breathing or not. This is the applicant's version. Um, he was trying to show, um, they, were, they were in the medical part of this mm. training session. Um, you, and he says it was using relevant PowerPoint slides that led to a discussion um, about what aviation medical involves, including the role of the first aider um, to, to promote and preserve and protect patients. And um, apparently effects of altitude like hypoxia being the lack of oxygenated blood to the brain is statistically the most common cause of illness. And then he asks what the signs and symptoms are and the sign, you see the signs and symptoms uh, you, the signs are what you see and the symptoms of what are that what they say you don't ask a person what your signs and symptoms are that's just silly so he's trying to tra train them in, into trying to do this so reading their body rather than asking them questions because if they've got hypoxia they probably can't they're probably coming they're not going to answer and then there was a practical demonstration where he picked some rando out of the class and uh um and he said directly in front of um, the um, where the applicant was, the complainant was sitting directly in front of where the applicant was standing. The applicant said, you look at the person, ask how you're going. The applicant looked at the complainant's face and said, how you're going? Um, 
uh, as the demonstration. The applicant could not tell anything from the complainant's face because she was wearing glasses and a face mask and they were 1.5 metres apart. Um, the applicant then looked at the complainant's chest area to process breathing and he waited for a duration of a breath, which estimated took him about two to three seconds, then looked up and said, yes, you are observing skin colour of if pale red. And then the complainant said, can we just move on? And apparently the complainant um, made a really lame joke at some point in, in, in terms of how this the, the colour of this person's skin was also similar to the colour of somebody else's top or something like that. Um, the applicant continued instructing the class and said, you observe sweaty dry skin, a breathing rate, yes. Do you have any allergies? The person may say no, but you might be thinking yes, because the skin is red. So you obviously noticed a change, but didn't really associate that mm. with embarrassment. Um, so we've got this kind of concept where some lady is wearing a, a, a scooping T-shirt um, and she's going to be an older woman because she's been there since the 90s. Mm. Um, this is the first time that she's participated in this particular session with this particular person. He's just pulled some rando out of the out of his out of the group and it happened to be her and he's then you know staring at her chest. But the allegations are what I mean, so now we've got a commissioner who's going deeply into what's actually happening here. And the allegations I find are look, I think Quantas did quite a good job when it came to the allegations. They they particularized them well. Um, you know, there was things about leaned towards her, stared into her eyes, lowered his eyes and looked at the complainant's chest, then looked into her um, looked at her chest for 10 to 20 seconds, and they um, you know, they either substantiated or didn't substantiate or confirmed or not confirmed these allegations. Mm. Um, and I actually quite liked it. But there is a critical problem here. Mm. I know that the commissioner was hugely scathing of the investigation itself um, and the way, not so much the way it was handled, I suppose, but the the path it took, I think is probably a better way of putting it. Um, I believe um, the commission was scathing on the fact that the investigator failed to take into account that what we're talking about here is sexual harassment and she failed to take into account the objective nature of a sexual harassment That's right. dismissal. Um, focused way too much on how that particular complainant felt about it and uh, the report seems to go at length about what happened after this incident. So um, you know, I, I think she went back to the bathroom. She felt very uncomfortable. She was crying. She felt very distressed thereafter, felt really embarrassed, which is all very kind of interesting for a, a workplace side, if you want to put it that way. But mm. in the context of an investigation, is largely irrelevant um, about how she felt about it. Yeah, I think, um, I think, it's like they were trying to answer the question, did sexual harassment occur? Yeah. Without looking at the two elements. And it's really easy to fall into this trap of this kind of, oh, he looked at her chest. It must be sexual harassment. 
yeah. as opposed to what is actually happening here um, and whether or not the uh, participants of the investigate um, participants of the uh, course could have helped by mm. being objective bystanders essentially in a, in mm. a way they weren't put on stand so the commissioner couldn't could find out about what they thought of the thing of at the, the time. incident yeah. no one asked them for instance did it all look like it was part of the show and one of the problems is they were really the only people that would be able to give evidence in a way that isn't self-serving because uh, the complainant is self-serving, so is the investigator, because their neck is on the line in many ways. And of course, the applicant is as well. Um, these innocent bystanders are only the ones who are really going to be able to give an objective account of what happened. Um, and you're right, whether it... Because it, some of the other evidence is, you know, why did he pick her out? Um, you know, why did he make the joke? Why did the thing end? I mean, really, only bystanders are going to be able to kind of give a bit of an inkling into what happened. And we just don't have any of that evidence. In fact, the commission basically just said, yeah, we've got some witness statements. Hang on a sec, my puppies are running around like idiots and one of them has stitches, so I've just got to stop that for a moment. Hang Fair on. Enough. No, 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 no. And you go. And you. I know it's very promising being a little puppy. Stop running around. Really stop running around. Oh, goodness. Oh. Oh. Sorry. You can sit on my lap for a bit. It's got like can, 10 stitches in this. Sorry? I can tell you that the, my long standing issue with a dog near me is also currently happening so if you can no. hear the dog barking in the background then oh it's terrible Seymour has got about 10 stitches in his stomach at the moment and uh he's too active for and it only happened yesterday and he's too active for words so I have to try and calm him down a little bit it's a shame they can't give him drugs to keep him drowsy or something oh, um, probably can but it'd be quite unethical I imagine <laughs> <laughs> True. But um, going back to going back this, to the case, so yeah, yes. they, I just think um, so. Yeah, the, the investigator probably could have done better. And what was also really quite, I guess, this happens a lot because we we see it where our clients don't like to use the actual swear word, or mm, mm. you know. They didn't actually use the word breast at any point in the in the investigation. No. They used chest the whole time. And it was and then breast came out in this in in the in the submissions and in the, the matter. And uh yeah, I think it was blindsided because he was thinking chest the whole time. Well, was, one of the problems with in this particular case is they're also not flushing out the real issue. Because of course he's going to admit to staring at or looking at her chest, I suppose, because he had to. It was part of the whole act. 
what the real problem would have been is whether he was staring at her breasts, which <laughs> are fundamentally different. And they needed to have actually flushed that out, the two differences. You know, are you saying it's chest or are you saying it's breast? Um, and they just didn't really put it to it. And yeah, you're right. We see it all the time where for some polite reason, they our clients don't want to say, you know, Ooh. the F word or yep. whatever. Yep. Spearing, um, yeah, penis. You know, there's all these words that our, our clients essentially uh, feel too embarrassed to put into a document. Um, to write into something, and I think I think the investigator actually fell into that trap as well. Mm. They should have just if if the complaint was that they were staring at her boobs, which is what breast is, mm. then they should have just called it that. And yes, it's all very well to put the genie back in the bottle later and start calling it something else, but I think and and that was part of the issue when it came to to the uh, given um, reasons. Um, in the procedural part of it. So when when people are dismissed, uh, an unfair dismissal considers harshness, and part of the criteria for harshness is whether they were given, whether they were notified of the reasons um, and yep. given a chance to respond. And all he was notified is that he was staring at her, um, at her chest. And uh, at no point was he given the allegation that he was staring at her breasts. Yep. And yeah, I think there's a massive failure in um in really getting to the crux of the matter and it was probably always going to fail once we got to that point well they were doomed i think the reason i really like this case is it's a cautionary tale about how an investigation should be undertaken and that sometimes having i think they, they made two fundamental mistakes one i think they had a um an outcome that they wanted to achieve prior mm. to the investigation. So they went in it with, with without an open mind mm -hmm. uh, and picked out the information uh, that they wanted to do, as in put a lot of emphasis into that subjective nature without really considering some of the objective sides to it and, and probably didn't give enough weight or consideration to the applicant's side of events. Mm -hmm. um, and the potential that, you know, what maybe it was just part of the, you know, the training. Um, and then I think secondly, uh, just maybe being not independent enough or, or and, and not in that sort of way that they know each other or there's a conflict of interest or something like that, but just not taking that step back and seeing what's really going on. And, you know, I imagine, you know, Qantas is one of those large organizations and sexual harassment's in the forefront of every HR's and every investigator's mind at the moment. It's, it's you know, one of the biggest issues that's happening in Australia, in most workplaces. Um, and just potentially looking too closely into things, you know, yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? Because as an investigator, what you want to do is get to the bottom of something. And mm, your job true. is to either figure out whether it happened or it didn't happen. And you've got to kind of stick your neck out at some point and say, on the balance of probabilities, it did or mm. it didn't, or I can absolutely substantiate it or I can't substantiate it. And uh, I wonder if the actual fact is that someone should have said, 
a set of legal eyes perhaps should have gone over the investigation. So hang on here. This is all about the subjective element. Mm. What the investigator has failed to do is, and maybe the investigator doesn't need to deal with the objective part. Maybe the investigator just has to say what they interviewed and what they did, and it's up to somebody else to make a decision about how to interpret that information. Um, but you're right, at the end of the day, no one looked at the objective element. This guy was was screwed from the moment the Me Too campaign came out three, four years ago. Do you know what I mean? It's, it seems well, like- No, I 100% agree. I think um, in days gone past, these allegations might have been uns unsubstantiated or cannot be substantiated, you know, sort of middle ground. And I think mm -hmm. in many respects, I, I, I feel sorry for this investigator because there's more pressure to substantiate this particular type of case. Yeah, um, we need a balance in the world and we don't have it yet. It's like a while ago, you know, any man that was at a playground was being criminalised as a paedophile. And you look at that and go, what, so every guy who has a kid who takes his kid to the park needs to feel worried that if he's watching the children, that someone's sitting there going, oh, that guy's a creepo, he shouldn't be watching kids. Mm. And it's a very similar situation in this in this particular space. He was already doomed. Um, the word, the you know, this, this woman was upset that he was looking at her chest, breasts, whatever, and mm. uh, he was already doomed from the start. But at the end of the day, the commissioner sifted through all this and gave him his job back. Yeah, he's one of the very few that got his job back. I mean, Qantas is probably only one of 20 companies in Australia, and it really probably is only about 20 if that, that can actually, reinstatement is actually viable option. Because mm -hmm. you have to be, you know, I suppose for everyone out there, reinstatement is the primary, um, primary remedy for an unfair dismissal, mm -hmm. but uh, as in they'll look to reinstate someone before they add, um, Give compensation. However, it is rare because yes. there is almost always a breakdown in trust and confidence between the parties, and usually it's mutual. Yes. Um, usually, no one's actually really arguing about it because you know what and the employer doesn't want to be there. Employer doesn't want them there. And that's completely understandable when we think about they've just dragged each other through a very um, incredibly expensive, very lengthy. This this started in January last year. Um, litigation and who the hell wants to be around these people after that? Just a moment. Okay, you two, something up to Mr. Sorry, reinstatement is actually one of the uh, interesting areas where I think it's one of the only areas where the, the courts and commissions actually look at the relationship of the parties after a litigation as in after liability has been formed and they'll take into account the case itself, like the proceedings themselves and whether that caused a breakdown in relation in trust and confidence. Um, so just an in, kind of interesting thing, but you're right, Qantas is like, you know, them, Telstra maybe as well, where the organization is so large that you can put the person back into an organization and they probably will never come into contact with any of the people involved. 
Yeah, this is it's just a fascinating situation. I, I really like this case and I do think it fits into a uh, Chris's Commission crazies. Mm. Not not because not because the situation of staring at a woman's breast is unusual, but because the poor commissioner had to go through and describe what the complainant was wearing. They had to go through and talk about why um, the the witnesses um, material couldn't really be used in the, you know, just all these kind of weird things that all came up in this case. That doesn't, they don't come up very often. So very oh, often yeah. a commissioner just dis, dis, disregards all the testimony of the other people that were in the room at the time. You know? well, I mean, I'm interested to know why. I mean, we'll never know. Yeah. But, um, really interested to know why. And you're right, maybe it is because some of them aren't employees anymore. And we actually see that all the time. And I think it, it's an absolute warning for um, for employers to take this t that type of approach. And you really want to make sure that you're at least getting other evidence from if, if, you, if you don't want to go to the time and effort to interview non you know, former employees, then you better hope that the ones you do interview can can provide that same evidence because the commission's not going to care about that. No, and you know, the courts don't either. They're looking for truth. And if, if you could have and chose not to get that evidence, then you do it at your own mercy. Yeah. Um, because yeah. they, similar to this case, they could have given you know, fundamental evidence which could have helped your case or hindered it. But the likely thing is that there's going to be the fact that they weren't giving evidence is likely to be construed against you. Um, yeah, it's um, it is it is an interesting one. the The reason why we're talking about uh, the Qantas case today is not just because it's a funny case, but because actually one of our clients, uh, yeah, gave us a shout out, said they want us to, to yeah. talk about it. So wanted us to talk about it. So here we are talking about it, and actually I think it's a it's a good one. And yes, Chris, it's it's not a mad one about a budgie. Uh, uh, a galah, sorry, or uh, um, or a mental one where someone's getting punched out. But I think. <laughs> well, the reason I don't just as a kind of to to tie this all up. The reason I don't think it f falls between my triple C cases is uh, I could, everything that happened there was completely in many ways reasonable in the circumstances that they fell themselves in, and there were genuine mistakes, not someone who's just gone you know it's a mistake that you can see people making um not just someone who's gone off the walls kazam you know just complete ignorance and complete almost disregard for for the law yeah okay well perhaps um perhaps next time we can come up with one that uh fits oh there's enough of them I've, I've got enough up the sleeve to do that segment for about another year or two. <laughs> well, um, apologies then today for bringing up a case that perhaps no, isn't no. fits the criteria, but we did have a uh, uh, we did have a um, a client who wanted us to talk about this one today. I Just really shout like out this. to them. Um, yes, shout out to them. Um, I really like this one because I think it uh, it shows how easily you think a rock solid case can turn on you as well. Mm, I just that's... would have thought, easy, we've got this guy, we're going to totally win this, and here he is getting reinstated. So I think uh, I think my pets also want me to leave. Um, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's, that's us for today, I guess. Is there yes. anything else you wanted to... No, no, that's everything for me. Yeah. Um, no. We will uh, see everyone in a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll talk about the next crazy case that we've got.
Brilliant. <laughs> you're kind of taking up half the screen. That's sort I, I, of pets half my, screen. I, I'm doing my best here to, to stay to stay in. It's uh, thank you everyone for watching and listening to the uh, to the lawcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, um, closer I think to Easter. In fact, yes. so that'll be fun. Be. Um, and yeah, everyone have a great weekend. Yeah. All right. See you, everyone. <laughs> see you later.